Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday evening, January the 31st, last day of January 2020. Hopefully, you guys are rock and roll with all your New Year's resolutions at this point, and you haven't uh, punted them uh, so early in the year. And if you have, uh, you still have time to pick things back up and really ask yourself why uh, the goals are important to you and, and how you truly want to spend your time, effort, and energy um, as you move into, obviously, you know, a new decade and a new year. But I wanted to drop this podcast super quick here before I finish up some work and uh, enjoy the rest of my evening. Now, this is part of like a minimalist series uh, that I've been reading and going through. And obviously, if you guys, you know, have followed me for any amount of time, uh, I do about 100 books a year on Audible. And I'm into kind of the, you know, minimalist-ish lifestyle. I say ish because obviously there's extreme levels of, you know, minimalism, which is basically just, you know, living on, you know, the essentials and and not overdoing it with materialistic things. And again, I'm not a, I'm not an enemy of stuff. Uh, I I live in a a decent sized house. We have obviously two vehicles. We have all the the fanciest gadgets and the, and the newest iPhones, you know, all of it is for work. Uh, it's what we do. We, we film, you know, video content, we create audio content. Uh, we have MacBooks and iPads and all the things that kind of run our business. But admittedly, you know, I could throw away probably 90% of the stuff that I own and it really wouldn't uh, make a difference for me in my life. And I stumbled onto uh, the minimalists probably seven or eight years ago. And I remember the original story um, I don't know who started it, so I'm going to botch the name if I even try. But I remember the story was this guy took everything that he owned and he packed it up into boxes. Everything in his entire house went into boxes. And anything that he didn't use within six months, he sold and got rid of because he figured, hey, if I haven't used it in you know half a year, I probably don't need it. Now, obviously, there's exceptions to the rule if you live in the Midwest and you know you haven't used your you know, winter boots or your jacket, and it wasn't that time of the year, sure, I guess you probably need that stuff. But for the most part, that rule kind of holds true, where if you haven't used something in six months or a year, is it really that important to your life? And even as I sit in my home office right here, if you're watching me on YouTube, I look around, we have so many, you know, books and, and boxes and guides and different things where these are all books I've read before, and I'm not saying I, I should throw them away, but how many more times am I going to physically look through them when literally I listen to every single book uh, on audio tape at this point? And the reason I share that is because I am a fan of the minimalist-ish uh, lifestyle. There are certain things that obviously luxuries I don't want to give up. I think we live in you know the greatest time that's ever been where we have access to everything, but I, I do think a lot of us, you know, have too much of nothing and not enough of everything else. And I believe a lot of people are drowning in possessions and things and their priorities sometimes are just a little bit out of whack and out of shift. And so this is a, a written piece by, you know, Joshua Becker um, over at, you know, becoming a minimalist.com. If you guys are interested in kind of that lifestyle and that movement, it's over there. Now I'm not obviously going to go live in a tiny house. I'm, you know, six foot two, I'm 215, 20 pounds, depending on how many cookies I ate. So that kind of thing doesn't really appeal to me. Um, I like living obviously in Scottsdale and be surrounded by everything and be able to go places and, and have friends over and do things. And so I do like space and, and I do like stuff, but probably not to the level of, of most Americans, especially just because I know the true cost of the things that we have in our lives. And the title of this is We Don't Buy Things With Money, 
we buy them with the hours of our life. And I've said that for a very long time, well before I stumbled onto you know this particular piece uh, and even kind of the minimalist movement. I've always believed that, maybe because I grew up with not a ton of money, so we didn't have abundance. We had enough stuff, but never so much like we could donate to charity or never so much I could give somebody hand-me-downs. Um, I'd be much more likely to get uh, you know, hand-me-downs as clothes or borrow clothes from friends than be able to give them the access that I had. So I guess part of that is rooted in, in me and who I am and for the fact of a lot of material possessions aren't going to move the needle in my life regardless of, of what I get if my house was another thousand square feet bigger or if I had another vehicle or a different kind of car or two more pairs of pants and, and three more you know hoodies if you're talking to me specifically um, it, it really doesn't change the scope of my life and what I do and that's why I say you know we don't buy things with money we buy them with the hours of our life or as you know Henry David Thoreau put it the price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it and I'll repeat that again because it's a super powerful phrase and I think if you operated your life with that quote ingrained in your brain you'd make different life choices about how you spend your time every single day because as we've talked about before a hundred times in this podcast we know time is the most precious commodity you will ever get because once it's spent you can never get it back and none of us knows how much we really have and that's why we live with this sense of urgency and why we cherish certain moments and we try to be mindful of them, or at least I do, when I'm there. And the quote is, the price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. This is a life-changing principle for many of us. When we begin to see our purchases through the lens of exchanging life rather than dollar bills, we can better appreciate the weight of our purchases and understand their full cost. Because it's costing you more than just money. It's costing you time. Therefore, it's costing you your life. For that reason, I thought it'd be helpful to take a look at how much life some of the purchases you make every single day, week, month, year actually cost you. Now, Again, I have to start this by saying I'm not an enemy of stuff. I like nice shit. And I'm not saying for you to, you know, live with one pair of pants, one pair of shoes, and one shirt and, you know, take public transportation everywhere you go. Like, please, enjoy stuff. It's your money. You can spend it however you want. You can save it for retirement. You can invest in things that pay you back. You can lease cars. You can go into debt up your ass. You can buy fancy shit and live like there's no tomorrow. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm in no position to judge anybody for anything they do. As long as you're happy, that's the thing I would hope for you. As long as you are happy with your decisions and you are not stressed out by how you spend your money, if you're not drowning in debt, if it doesn't bother you and you literally wake up every day just jacked as fuck to do what you're doing, then please spend your time and money how you choose to. But for the sake of this conversation, understand that the median U.S. household income, give or take, is around $61,000, dollars $4,000 per year, uh, depending on the year you look at, 2017, 2018, 2019, somewhere in that 60000 ish range. But for simplicity's sake, let's round it down to sixty dollars uh, is the annual kind of median U.S. household income. Some of you guys way more money than this, some of you less money than that, depending on where you live, if you're married, if you're single, but... We'll use this as $60,000 as the, the average. So if your household income is about 60 k 
um, working a typical 40-hour work week. Now, if you're a person like me, that's uh, comical. We, we say when people are like, I work 40 hours a week, like, oh, cool. I once had a part-time job too. Now, obviously, in this entrepreneurial life, there's more demanded from us. But if you're a lucky person out there um, and you like what you do and they only require you to be there from 9 to 5, respect, and you make about 60K, here's how many hours a week you'd need for the following purchases. Your grande, you know, Starbucks cappuccino, about four bucks. That takes about eight minutes of your life to purchase that, or eight minutes of work, depending on how you want to look at it. A pair of, you know, Wrangler jeans, you and Brett Favre are homies, you're rocking the same pair of jeans. It's about 25 bucks. That would cost you about 50 minutes of your life for those jeans. Um, a coach purse, for you guys out there who like the coach purse. Let's say your coach purse is 120, 130 bucks. That would cost you about a half a day of your life to purchase that. You want the newest, you know, 70-inch flat screen, five, is it 5K now? I don't even know the, the Ks on TVs. Uh, my TV is old as shit in our house, um, but still works and uh, still looks fresh and crispy. Uh, but let's say you want the newest 70-inch, you know, flat screen TV, the most high-def 5K unicorn tears. It was molded by the blood sweat of He-Man. Um, it costs 700 bucks. That would cost you about three days of work or three days of your life effort to purchase that TV. Now, this one is one that's real for everybody. The 256 gigabyte iPhone, which if you're watching me on YouTube, I have the brand new iPhone, whatever it is, 11 right now. Um, it is amazing, by the way, if you guys do use um, video stuff for your work or for your life. The new iPhone is so crispy. It's really hard to tell the difference between that um, and our professional grade cameras at this point. All the stuff it can do, it really just, if you have a job where you do it, I'll say it is worth the investment for sure. If you're just somebody who wants to look at Instagram and you text your friends, uh, I wouldn't spend the money because it takes too much of your life to afford it. But if you want the new 256 gigabyte iPhone, whether it's the X or the 11, they're all about 1200 bucks, 1300 bucks, give or take. So if you want the new iPhone for 1300 bucks, that's going to cost you about one week and two hours of work or of your lifetime to purchase that if you go out to a dinner at a restaurant with your family and not like you know these fancy steakhouses and things and, and nobu and, and the shit we have around here if you go out to a, a normal family dinner and you guys aren't drinking booze it costs you about 80 bucks it's about a third of a day of work if you will um, if you're trying to get uh, a new living room set depending on how fancy you want to get with your furniture and obviously there's scales to this that it costs you about two g's and that would cost you about two full weeks of your life at work to purchase that stuff. And the car, right? You want a, you know, Ford Fusion. We're get, we're getting you we're getting you a hybrid, a nice nice cheap uh, 2019 Ford Fusion hybrid vehicle. It costs about 26k. Side note, I can't believe how expensive cars have gotten. Like I'm still rolling with my, you know, 2008 Honda Accord, 143,000 miles in that bad boy. Just got an oil change yesterday. Running like a Bentley. Uh, it's tough to beat. Uh, but I'm surprised as I look, you know, I'll transition to a new vehicle once our house is paid off here uh, shortly. And, uh, you know, hopefully get something, you know, that I want, you know, that's not too crazy just because I uh, I can't go too insane on, on something that has motors and wheels and is a depreciating asset. But I'll buy something that I like because I've waited long enough at this point and I have the money. 
but it, it really blows my mind how expensive vehicles have got in comparison to wages uh, in America and how the scale is just becoming really backwards. And we've done a podcast already why I think you know car loans are stupid, but for the sake of this, if you're going to pay cash for a car, which A, if I was you, I would always buy a used vehicle. Um, even if you're a millionaire and you don't have any debts, I would still buy something, you know, one or two or three years used. So the person before you can take the hit, that's just a common sense life tip. But if you're a millionaire and you, you have the cash then by all means, buy something that's brand new. If, if you never had a new car and it's going to make you feel good, just know, um, you're taking a bath on it five minutes after driving off the lot. But if you buy a 2019, um, and it's 2020 now, you know, Ford Fusion Hybrid, about 25, 26 K give or take, depending on the mileage. Uh, or if it's brand new, it's probably about 25, 26, or if it's a 2020, that would cost you about five months of work. That would cost you going to work for five straight months to pay that thing off. So you showing up every day at your job, January, February, March, April, and all of May to pay for that vehicle. That's going to drive you to and from your job and drive you to and from your kids' practices and to take road trips and do fun stuff. Because for most people, if you're not living in you know New York City or, or maybe like a, a small pocket of L.A. Uh, and your commute's not huge, you probably need a vehicle. It, it just It is what it is at this stage of the game. So that would cost you five months of work and five months of effort. And obviously if you finance it, which is a crazy thing, it'll cost you way more. And that's what people don't like to talk about, which I'll dive into in the next thing. If you were to get a 25... 100 square foot house at just 10% down. Um, 30 year mortgage, your monthly payments on that purchase price, let's say of $300,000, that is going to cost you about 11 years and six months of work total to pay that bad boy off. Now, these are roundabout estimates. If you want to go a different route, let's say you're going to get a, a more moderate priced home. Uh, Instead of 300K, your budget is less. You're going to get a 1,600 square foot home in Nebraska. And uh, you're going to put 15% down and a 30-year mortgage of monthly payments at about $200,000 purchase price. That would cost you seven years and two months total of your life, of work time to pay that off. Now, obviously, if you're financing something over the course of you know, 30 years, uh, depending on the interest rate and what you have, more often than not, your house is going to cost you sometimes almost double what the initial purchase price was, depending on how much money you put down, uh, depending on what the interest rate is. And clearly, if you guys don't put 20% down, you're probably paying PMI insurance, uh, which is basically just, I don't want to call it stupid insurance, but it's basically just insurance you pay to the bank so they ensure you're not a deadbeat and you actually pay their debt. So basically, I think... And every $100,000 you finance, PMI is about 75 bucks, give or take. So if your home was 300 k and you only put 10% down, which is 30000 bucks, which for most people is a lot of money, you're going to pay an extra probably 200 or 150 bucks to $200 a month in PMI insurance, which just adds to the total. But the point I'm driving at is these things take huge chunks of your life to pay off. It's not just, you know time at work it's your lifetime that you could be doing anything else with to pay for that now obviously you need shelter you need clothes you probably need a vehicle i get that but just understand is the juice worth the squeeze when you're sacrificing your lifetime with friends and family and loved ones and to travel and to do things that really light you up and bring you joy are the material things bringing you as much joy as other things you could be spending your time doing 
as opposed to spending time at work to earn money to buy this stuff. And that's all it says is just a conversation about happiness. What's going to bring you the biggest ROI? And what I mean by return on investment is return on happiness investment because that's the entire game. If you're not happy, who gives a fuck about your 4,000 square foot house? If you're not happy, who gives a shit about your Mercedes? It really is a mood point. People say, well, Jeremy, those things are going to bring me happiness. They do not. My life is no different whether I live in an 1,800 square foot house or a 4,800 square foot house. I go to work at the same time, I come home at the same time, I have the same arguments, I have the same problems, I have the same joys, the same happiness. No, and honestly, I probably got to be at work more um, to pay for the shit, so I probably got to be stressed a little bit more, and so the quality of my life is probably less, unless I can do it and pay cash for it and do it the right way, but if I have to finance it and I have a bigger nut every month to cover, my life happiness probably goes down the bigger, the nicer, the newer stuff that I have. Now, if you do it, in my opinion, paying it in cash, being patient, doing it the right way, doing it when it is a blessing, not a burden, then I think you're okay. But a lot of people want to rush and and do things too fancy. It's just like fitness. It's no different. Everybody wants to be shredded in two weeks. Everybody wants to, you know, build muscle and lose fat at the same time. In three months, they want to look like, you know, they want to go from John Candy to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, so do I. It'd be amazing. But you can't do that. Just like most people can't really afford a million dollar house and pay for it in cash. And the people that can't respect, you do it. Most people that would take them probably into their, you know, late 30s, 40s, maybe 50s. Some people that would never happen because they're not diligent enough to save the money. So if by buying these things, you're trading your lifetime for them, but it's causing you more stress and pain in the back end, is it really worth it? Only you can answer that question for you. I can't, I'm not telling you what your dreams are and what your happiness level is. And that's the only thing I predicate every decision on every single day. Is this going to bring me more stress or more happiness? And when I do something, I'm not against like doing things that push me outside my comfort zone and cause me stress and anxiety and, you know, I guess exhaust me. I'm willing to do those things if I know the return on that stress, anxiety, and time effort investment is really worth it. Because I value time more than anything else. And I hate when people disrespect my time and don't value my time. When they they show up late to shit or they no call, no show. I just, nothing bothers me more than that. So, when I'm talking about all this stuff, keep in mind, you guys, the amount of work needed for these items is based on an annual salary of 60K. So, if your annual salary is 30,000, the work time is going to be doubled to get all the shit I listed. So, if you don't make 60 grand, and you make less than that, your work time is doubled on all this stuff to get there. And same note, if you're a person out there and you're crushing it and you're making 120 k a year or 240 or you know 440, you're a one percenter, the measurements are going to be shaved in half and then by a third and so on and so on as you go down the list. So obviously your greatest wealth building tool is your income and you can gauge it you know, from there. And that's why I always harp on, you know, you should love what you do um, or at least like most days or at least be able to tolerate it and not fucking hate it because you're trading your lifetime for that money so then what you do with that money is probably the next important thing because if we know your time is the most precious commodity you have and you're going to work and you're shitting away your lifetime for that don't waste your money on dumb shit set budgets be diligent give every dollar a name and know where it's going it will help you with your mental fitness and your emotional fitness far more than almost anything else when you start to operate from there now of course there are alternatives to exchanging hours um, 
in our lives for material possessions. You can go the reverse and you can kind of flip it and you can say, okay, instead of doing all these things to acquire money, to buy stuff that may or may not bring you happiness, again, you're the only one who knows that, when you look at how you invest time in other ways. So maybe you don't buy as much stuff and you don't have to work as long or as hard or as much doing something you hate. Now, if you love your job, go all in on it. That's that's where the that's that's why I say the synergy happens and it's amazing because if you love what you do or you like what you do and you're passionate about it, you kind of get lost in the process. You find yourself at home at 6:50 p.m. on a Friday night in your home office doing a podcast when you could be doing 97 other things but you're doing this because you get jacked by it. it's your oxygen you know it's going to help somebody change the way that they spend their time effort energy and their money and it's going to change their life and they're going to hear this hopefully far beyond like when you're dead and you're gone and they listen to it and say holy shit this crazy once ripped fitness dude who looked like Bruce Willis gave me this tips and it changed my fucking life I would take more pride in that than anything else so I get lost in it and the byproduct is we make money on the back end. But if you think of it in a different context of just that, it takes you such a little time to do other things that have such a bigger impact that, and they pay you back, maybe not in a financial monetary sense, but in a spiritual capital, like an emotional capital, like a, you know, intrinsic riches that money doesn't really do. So if you look at it like, yeah, it takes me 10 minutes, you know, to pay for a Starbucks coffee. It also takes you probably just 10 minutes to tell your kid a bedtime story. And your time is probably much better spent doing that than grinding on a couple more emails. It takes you just 45 minutes for an evening walk with your spouse or just having a real conversation with them as opposed to squeezing in another work call or... 60 minutes to help your son or daughter with their homework or go or throw a baseball with them in the backyard or, or, or shoot hoops with them. And those things are important. And for a lot of people, they happen few and far between. I don't immediately have a ton of memories uh, playing sports with my dad because my dad's not really a sports dude and just how he's wired and, and built and those things. But I'll say this. I do remember you know playing catch with him in my backyard as a kid and I don't know how many times it happened it could have been once it could have been you know seven times uh, I don't know but I remember at least once it happened for sure and that's just a cool memory I had and I don't have a ton of those and I think the you know 26 minutes he probably spent doing that with me hopefully for him is just an amazing memory for him as it is for I and that is a much better way for him to spend his time than just sit and grind out a, a couple more minutes at work for you know another 37 bucks because who really gives a shit right now obviously if you guys need money and you're struggling you have to do what you have to do but these are precious minutes you can invest in things not just to buy stuff and again the money we earn is ours to keep um and we can spend it any way we wish. And there's no right or wrong. I'm not the moral police. I'm not here to judge anybody. If you're happy, just keep doing you. But if you think of it this way, if you listen to this podcast when you go to work and you really audit how you spend your time and really audit and budget how you spend your money with your wife or with your husband or with your spouse and team and really just be diligent about it, it can be a helpful exercise to, to realize how many hours of our lives go into each purchase we make. This 
can be a helpful way and a healthy way, in my opinion, to realize how many hours of our lives go into each purchase that we make. And when you buy things, think, how much effort energy is this going to take for me to buy this? And is it worth that? And it's always wise to remember we can spend our hours pursuing items that are far greater in value than just material possessions. And I think that's when you really come rich, when you realize that you can spend your hours pursuing things that are far greater than just material possessions. Yet, many people spend so much of their lives just chasing stuff to find that when they get the stuff, it's almost like an empty feeling. And it's like, what's next? They have this almost like habituation. It's a shiny car. It's great. It's awesome. And the new model comes out and now they think the car sucks and they got to get rid of it. And I think you'd be far better off chasing something that would bring you more internal joy, value, and happiness than just the newest shiny insert, whatever you're chasing. Um, but again, I'm a realist too. I understand we live in an economical world and we all have to work and hustle and grind. And I would argue that I work more hours than anybody listening to this podcast right now, but I don't hate it. Um, and I've seen the payoff and it's also... You know, I made this bed and now I got to sleep in it, you know, for lack of a better phrasing. You know, it's it's what's required of this life. If you want to play at this level and, and do what I'm doing and do all the things that I'm doing. And if you want it to grow and be able to pivot and shift gears, and maybe do something later in life or do something that's you know, brings me value. I look at this as it's, you know, all of this is like a, a fun hobby to me. I just happen to go all in on it and be able to make enough money to, you know, support myself and, you know, my family and have fun along the way. And on the same note, uh, when I look at these numbers, that's why I'm not a huge fan, you guys, of, of paying interest on things. And I would never judge anybody for, for what they do, but I'm approaching uh, paying off our house here. We're making another payment tomorrow, which is February the 1st, and I probably only have that payment and one or two other payments to go. So either my home is probably going to be paid off, you know, knock on wood, either the end of February or the end of March. And that will be it. I'll be completely debt free. Um, I'll own my home outright. And I'll share that whole story with you guys. And I just got tired of giving the bank extra money for something I bought, you know, and they're basically just charging you a fee because you didn't have the cash up front to buy it outright. And it, it'll be, a, it's a benefit. It's been a journey and a struggle for sure, but it's it's a freeing feeling um, to know that I'm almost out the other end. And, and I will share that with you guys, not to, to, to brag or to sound awesome, but to show you that it can be done if you choose to do something like that and you can choose to live life differently. And the main reason we did it, for one, I don't like living with you know the debt around your neck, even though like our house payment is not crazy for the amount of money we make. It really doesn't move the needle either way, but I just didn't want to be obligated to somebody else. And I didn't want to keep, when you look at every year, they send you a statement of how much interest you paid. And it just makes me sick to look at it. It's just, it's how I'm wired. Um, I don't want to pay them more than it's worth for something. I want to just get rid of it and I can choose to do whatever I want. And I can invest that money for the rest of my life and have it pay me interest as opposed to pay interest. And I believe that's how you really become wealthy. At least that's been my experience the last five years when we really started investing in, you know, things outside of just depreciating assets. And I think you'll find it the same. And when you can live in that space and understand when you've worked hard for something uh, and you've paid for it and you've paid for it in full, 
you're way more mindful of your decisions and choices. Like when I buy my next vehicle, I'll pay for it that day in cash right up front on the spot. Right? Financing isn't even an option. I'll never take a car loan as long as I live under any circumstance. It's not who I am. I'm not judging anybody who does or has to. It's just not how I'm wired. And when you do it that way, you think about it a lot harder. If you're going to go buy a vehicle for twenty grand, thirty grand, or forty thousand dollars, and you're going to give them twenty, thirty, or forty thousand dollars cash that day on the spot, you think about it long and hard. You do your research instead of just saying, "Hey, give us three thousand bucks today, and we'll put you on payments over time," because that's less painful for people. Even though, when you do it that way, you're paying way more on it. It's easier for people to do because they don't want to eat the the upfront cost up front and take the brunt of it as a load, and that's. Something you have to think about, okay, do I want to, you know, really pay $30,000 for something or pay $39,000 for something, even though you can stretch the payments out, it's costing you more of your life to pay for it. And that's what I'm driving at here. I got sick of looking at my house costing me more of my lifetime to pay for it. I wanted to just do it as quickly as we could once we got serious about this about 13 months ago, as fast as we could and give them as little of my lifetime as possible to just get fucking rid of it. And then I can spend the rest of my life doing whatever I want and just having fun and not being stressed about things uh, that I owe to other people. And that's the biggest takeaway is just I wanted to stop exchanging hours of my life just for material possessions. Um, I wanted to be able to just work, have fun, and then buy the things I want to buy uh, from there. And so hopefully you guys uh, got the gist of this and just understanding, you know, every single day we wake up, most of us, and we go to a job. And we don't just buy things with money. We buy them with hours of our life. And when you really sit back and understand that's what you're doing, I think you're going to start making some different decisions and choices. And If you could take anything from me, just predicate every decision you make off of happiness. Um, What's going to make you the happiest and cause you the least uh, amount of stress and the least amount of pain every single day? And I think a lot of times people are buying stuff just to impress people or just because they think it's the the right chapter of their life or that it's the thing they're supposed to do now. And then they look back and they regret that decision. And two things I'll leave you with quickly on on money that I heard a long time ago that I I try to live my life by. Number one, if you bought something and you wouldn't buy it again, you should sell it. If you bought something and you could buy that same thing again, if the answer is no, you wouldn't, you should sell that thing. Now, would I buy my house again today at this market price? Hell no. It's insane. My house is over doubled in value since I bought it. It has just been ridiculous what's happened in real estate. But if you show me my same house today at the price I purchased it for, I sure as hell would buy it again. I didn't think it was a great deal at the time, but little did I know that the economy in the world was going to go crazy. So I for surely would rebuy my house again. So if you're sitting in a home right now that you say, man, we overpaid for this. We wouldn't buy it again. I don't think it's worth it. Maybe you can think about selling it and downsizing to something that would be a smaller payment and less bills. And even though you downsize in home, you upsize in happiness. You upsize in joy. You upsize in free time. And the other one is when you're making 
a purchase that you're, you know, kind of stressed about. And I'm not talking about a home. I'm talking about like toys and fun and material things that you're doing just for enjoyment. If you're nervous about buying them because you're not sure you have enough money, you know, ask yourself if you took the equivalent of that amount of money and you burned it uh, in the middle of your living room, would it stress you out? Would it change your life? And if the answer is no, then go ahead and buy that thing. So if you're a person who like wants to buy a motorcycle or a snowmobile or you want to take a trip to Italy and it's going to cost you eight grand, if you lit $8,000 on fire in the middle of your room, would that change the scope of your life and financial future? And if the answer is no, take the trip. If the answer is no, buy the snowmobile. If the answer is no, buy the motorcycle, whatever it is. Now, if you have to finance those things, you're probably not ready to purchase them yet, in my opinion. If it's going to stress you out and going to cause you to have to pay you know, it off on a credit card over the course of months or you know it's dipping into your emergency fund and it's you're really stressed about the purchase but you think you have to have it now, maybe just wait and don't invest that much of your lifetime into it. And stop thinking about it as it's, you know, it's just money I earned from my job because if you learned anything in the last 33 minutes, it's we don't buy things with money, we buy them with hours of our life. And the hours of your life are the most important thing you have on this earth. Because once they're gone, you'll never get them back. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that and took something away from it. Just something to think of, you know, outside the box. I'm a big believer in just being happy as hell in everything you do. And I, I see a lot of people not happy with, you know, how healthy they are and how they're spending their time with fitness and a lot of that comes down to what they're doing at work and the financial constraints and restrictions that they live in and just not really seeing things clearly. But when you start to see things in terms of hours of your life, you invest in them, uh, stuff can get pretty good pretty quick. So if you are on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Go to the podcast app on your iPhone, scroll your finger. If you're watching me on YouTube, you can see me scrolling. Scroll your finger all the way down. Drop me a five star. Leave a comment or two. I truly would appreciate it. Again, um, positive or negative, whatever you truly think of this, um, the more positive, the better. Uh, and again, if you know a friend or family member who struggles with money or their job or purchasing things, or they're just not quite to where they need to be, share this podcast with them. I know it could go a long way. If I would have heard something like this, when I was, you know, 22, 23, um, it would have changed a lot of my life decisions up front. Admittedly, I didn't have any money, so I couldn't have spent any. But just to think of things in a different context um, outside of what we're taught oftentimes by, you know, society and in the news and social media and even your parents. Um, it's just a, it's a really unique way to look at things. And sometimes it's, it's hard to see the forest from the trees. But when you can step out of the forest, um you can see what's really going on. And also, if you guys are on a MacBook or an iPad, literally click the iTunes icon, hit ratings and reviews, drop me a five star, leave a comment. I, I would appreciate it. It does help us out a ton. And it, uh, it it keeps me going and it keeps me pumping out as much awesome shit for you guys as I possibly can. So with that said, I am going to bring my wife on the podcast here um, probably the next couple of days. Maybe tomorrow, maybe later this week. We'll find out. Um, our schedules are crazy, but I promise you guys I'll do that because you had a ton of questions for us and for her. But if you have anything else, head it over to me as soon as possible on Instagram, Facebook, or email, and I will get to it. And uh, until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys. 
Keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.